0: i'm sure everybody's noticed pastor ken's out this week he's uh he's been sick this week and uh, just uh thought he would better stay out just a little bit longer and uh so he's getting better every day so that's good news we have a lot of people out sick i believe you know, I, I know ruth is out sick also and there's a few others that i don't see here so um and i was sick earlier this week but i'm i'm getting better now so so anyways we are uh, blessed to have um, Pastor Aaron Hurd with us this morning, and um, he graciously stepped in at a last minute and um, and uh, saved Chad also. <laughs> so, so uh, we'd like to welcome him today. Thank you. Is this on? I don't, I don't usually use a mic like this, but uh, now it sounds like it's on. Good, good. Uh, thank you for uh, having me. Uh, Pastor Ken obviously was not feeling well, and he, obviously I didn't know that we're friends, but it's not like we contact each other every day. And he reaches out to me, and he said, uh, hey, you want, you want to preach for me? I'm like, well, I never say no. Um, but I didn't realize the severity of it and, and what he needed, and so definitely I would jump in. But, so I want to thank uh, Pastors Ken and, and Jane for this honor. Um, I just hope I do them justice. Uh, I know the Lord has given me a word more than once. Uh, He definitely gave me the verses, um, and he's uh, changed the message a couple times. So I know that he's made this a message for at least one of you, um, but I do believe that the message we have today is for you. Um, Well, I am Pastor Aaron Hurd. Uh, I am in transition right now, so I don't have a home church. So uh, right now we are, my wife and I, my wife Carrie is with me today, uh, we are in transition, as the Lord has called us to be church planters. Now, sometimes people are like, what is a church planter? Uh, the Lord has called us to, to start our own church. And so, that is a be- we're just at the beginning stages of that. We don't have any plans for that, um, other than we've been called to this, to this area. Technically, we've been called to Columbiana, uh, but we don't know what that means for us. We don't know, have a time frame for that. Um, so, right now, we're kind of in a transition. Uh, I was the children's pastor at Bridge of Hope Church in Bourbon uh, for four and a half years. Uh, And so uh, this is what leads me here. I do want to give one quick story, though, about the Burdicks, because it's funny that I would be here and the Burdicks would be here, and and, uh, you would talk about the Burdicks, because when I went to kids' camp for the first time, uh, he happened to be one of the leaders in my room. And I got to know him on a personal level. And so, if there's anything I say is, with these missionaries, they, are, they go all out for the Lord. Everything they do is for the Lord, including games. There's a game called Noodle Wars, um, and the last time I went, right, in fact, literally that was the last camp they did, and then they started their, their uh, missionary work. We had Noodle Wars, and he was in charge of the Noodle Wars. <laughs> now, if you don't know what Noodle Wars are, Noodle Wars, and I know this is not a sermon, and we'll get to it, I promise, but... But it's kind of fun. I have to explain this because I was like, what? Um, Noodle Wars is, is nothing but a huge mud puddle in the middle of a field that has blow-ups up, blow and, and pool noodles. And when I say a puddle, we're not talking just a puddle. Like, it was almost up to my knees. And you have teams around the edge, and you literally run at each other and try to grab them, and each thing is worth a different point. Well, let me just say that not only was he in charge with the microphone, but he got down and dirty with it, and then she came in, and she shoved him in, and their kids were involved in it, and they had an actual fire hose, like a fireman's hose, and they're squirting people down, and um, I may or may not have been covered head to toe in this game, Um, but I say that because I say they do everything with all seriousness. They go all out, but they also have fun doing it. Like, the Lord's work is his heavy work. But the Lord's work doesn't have to just be stiff and not fun. You have to have fun with it. They definitely do that, so please definitely support them. Uh, I do have a picture of my family. Uh, Not here with us today. Uh, On your far right would be our daughter Lauren. She is 21, or she'll be 21 on April 1st. Yes, that is not a joke. April 1st is her birthday. She will be 21. On the far left is our daughter, Taylor. On In May, she will be 18. In the middle is our son, Dominic, and he just turned 13, and uh, I won't say how old my wife is. That's not fair, but I am turning 50 this year, so we have a lot of big birthdays all in the same year. Um, but more important than that, um, I believe, is the sanctity of marriage, and my wife and I have been married now, going on 26 years. We've been together for over 30, and so um, I believe that especially in a church setting, nothing to take away from those who aren't married, but uh, we need to honor marriage, and, and we need to show that in that marriage it's, it's, it's sacred and it should be protected. So, you know, I'm proud to have been married to her for over almost 26 years now. So, Well, I am going to dive into Ephesians today. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app and you want to follow along, I'm going to be in Ephesians 1 today, and we're going to look at the Apostle Paul, and what he has to say to us. He's not speaking to us directly in here. He's speaking to the church in Ephesus. But I do believe that uh, the Bible is inherent and it is is living today, so I know that if he's speaking to the church in Ephesus, he's speaking to us today. And it's got a lot of stuff to tell us in this passage, and I'm not going to be able to to unpack it all, unless I'm here next week. Um, No, I'm not going to be able to unpack it all. But I do want to talk about blessings today. And so if you want to follow along, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Not New Living, I apologize. New New King James Version. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. All things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in Him. In Him we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that we, who first trusted in Christ, should be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom, also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Heavenly Father, we bring to you the word that you have given to me. We bring it back to you. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you're about to speak to us today. Allow the ears to hear and the eyes to see everything that you have for us today. Amen. Amen. Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, of course. He's essentially in house arrest. When I teach the, the, the children, I talk to them. I say, well, there's, there's two different imprisonments. And, and some of the times, Paul was not just in house arrest, but he was arrested, and it wasn't a pleasant place. But I wouldn't say that this was unpleasant, um, but he was definitely in house arrest. But he wanted to remind the church at Ephesus who they were. So often we get wrapped up in who we think we are. So often we we lose sight. Sometimes we we identify with our work. I'm a teacher. I'm a pastor. I'm a welder. I'm just a truck driver. Sometimes we wrap ourselves in family. Oh, I'm a mom, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Or I'm a grandma, I'm a grandpa. I'm a dad. A lot of times we wrap ourselves up in our hobbies. I coach. I'm a hunter. And it's all true. That is all true. That is who you are. That is a part of who you are. But Paul's reminding us that through the gospel message that has been given to us here, by the shedding of Christ's blood and through repentance, we have become one with Christ. So our identity is now within him and not all the stuff that we think is important. Verse 7, we become one with him, and when we do, we become blessed. Now, this is not some prosperity message. This isn't come to church, listen to a message, come to Christ, and everything is going to be great, because it's not. In fact, it's just the opposite. When we come to Christ, things become more difficult. But it's in Christ that we can find the joy in that. We can find that we can overcome things because we've come to Christ. We know that Jesus was persecuted. So if we're going to be Christians and follow in his way, so are we. And we're going to look at those things and we're going to think, well, I'm in a season right now, I don't feel blessed at all. But I'm here to tell you today, you are blessed. As we look into the scriptures, we'll see that God wants to bless us. Today we're going to look at three spiritual blessings that when we choose Christ, we can rest in these blessings. We will know that we are chosen, redeemed, and sealed. I believe he's speaking to us today right here in Rogers. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That's every spiritual blessing. This isn't some, this isn't one, this isn't whatever you choose or whatever you feel or whatever you even see. But every spiritual blessing is yours because you have come to Christ. He wants to bless you. I know that doesn't feel like it. I know sometimes we lose jobs. I know sometimes we're wrapped up in some addiction. Sometimes, you know, things just life just isn't going our way. And we can get wrapped up in that. But he says, get wrapped up in him instead. Because once you have the blessings of God, nobody can take that away. Those blessings can't be taken away. They're gifts from God. He wants to give them to you, and once they're yours, it is yours. So if nobody's told you today, I'm here to tell you, you are blessed. You are blessed. Because sometimes we don't hear that enough. You are blessed and you are loved. The first thing we can rest on is knowing that we are chosen. Ephesians 1.4 says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. He chose us before He did anything. He knew we were going to be here. He chose us. If there's nothing else, know that you are chosen by him that's a blessing I don't have these verses up there but John 15 16 says you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit that your fruit should abide that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give it to you again you have been chosen First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.4 says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.14 says, To this He called you, chose you, in other words, through our gospel, that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and if none of that speaks to you, allow John 3.16. For God so loved the world... We are the world. That he sent his only son. He sent him to die for us. Look, I love my son. But it will be tough for me to say, you know what, son? You have to die so I can save somebody else. But God did that for us because he chose us above all things. See, we have been chosen not for what we can be, but for who we are. Right now, we will always remain chosen. Scriptures tell us he will leave the 99 to go after the 1. Why? Because you were chosen. You were part of the 100. He's going to go after you. Now, I remember in elementary school, we had gym class. Back then, we had a really awesome game that not a lot of schools play nowadays. There's two versions of this, but the one I remember the most is dodgeball. Yep, we have good old dodgeball. Now, back then, you have to understand that, back then, really now, but back then, I was actually shorter, and I was a whole lot lighter, so I think the balls themselves weighed about as much as I did. Of course, the, the gym teacher would go, all right, we need two teams, All right, we're going to get two captains. We're going to have this captain here, and we're going to have another captain. He's going to stand over here, and they're going to choose sides. And they're going to go, okay, I want you. And over here, they're like, oh, man, I want him. Like, okay, all right, well, I'm going to take her. Oh, that was going to be my second pick. And so on, and this went on back and forth. And like, oh, man, I chose you, and I choose you, and I choose you. But the in-between was the sitting there going, oh, it's not me. You want, when am I going to be chosen? Because nobody wants to be chosen last. Now, I can't say that I was chosen last all the time. But I can say I was never chosen first. That never happened. I was never the big kid. I was never the strong kid. I was never the fastest kid. I tried track one time. But that was a disaster. But I did get chosen. Back then, it didn't feel good. Because I was chosen towards the end. But I got chosen. And what was cool about that was once I was chosen, I was on a team. And that team, do or die, we were going to play some dodgeball. I got hit a lot. See, God chose you first. He didn't wait. He didn't go through everybody else. He chose you first. You were on God's team. Second thing is we are redeemed. So first we know that you're chosen. Second, we are redeemed. Ephesians one seven says, "In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace." And I believe that's supposed to say that. I don't know. I love technology, but sometimes I struggle with it. So, but we have redemption through His blood. Galatians two twenty says. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Psalm 137 says, O Israel, hope in the Lord, for the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. Redemption is one of those things. Being redeemed is one of those things that I know I struggle with, and as a As a a kid, and in in kids' church, I'm like, well, what does that mean to be redeemed? What does redemption mean? So, for your sake, I went through Merriam-Webster, and I'm going to give you some definitions. But I don't want you to think in the definitions of, okay, it's coming from a dictionary, which is digital now. But I want you to think of it as, what does that mean for you with God? So here's the definitions. First one is to buy back or repurchase. Christ did that for us. He bought back our sins. To free from what distresses or harms. I mean, if we follow down our sins, it's going to definitely harm. And if it's not going to harm us, it's definitely harming someone else. To free from captivity by payment of ransom. The biggest ransom ever paid was Christ dying for us. To be released from blame or debt. He paid our debt. It is paid in full. To change for the better. I'm thankful. I I believe I'm better for that. To repair or restore. Do you understand that when we are redeemed, he is repairing our relationship between us and God. Sin separates us. And what he has done is he's brought us back together. He has repaired and restored that relationship. It continues on to say, to free from a lien by payment of an amount secured thereby. To remove the obligation by payment. To exchange for something of value. Think about that. Let me say that again. To exchange for something of value. If you were not valuable, he would not have exchanged his life for yours. That is redemption. To make good and fulfill, to atone for, to offset the bad, effective. Adam and Eve, thank you very much, but now we need to, to offset the bad, right? Um, and then finally, it says to make worthwhile. So if none of that, he's made you now worthwhile when you've chosen Christ. But how do we become redeemed? We must repent. We must deny our flesh and turn away from our worldly ways. And that's okay, but what does that mean? Well, it means simply that we need to look at what we're doing and how we're doing it. And how is it impacting our life? Do we even like what's going on in our life right now? Some of it's out of our control. And we have to lean on the Lord for that. But some of it is definitely our choices. Those sins are by choice. He gives us that choice. We can choose Him or we can choose the world. And we have to decide we can't ride that fence. But the one thing I do know is that if you want to work through that redemption, once you have said, look, I don't want this anymore, it's an ongoing thing. This is not a one-shot deal and say, great, I'm going to give this up. I have seen it. We've seen it at our other church where... People came to the altar. They laid their cigarettes at the altar never touched them again. We've seen it happen. We've seen people turn away. Um, When I was working at Bob Evans, I've seen people turn away from prostitution and, and from drug dealing. Right in my office as they came in, I saw that happen. But most times, that's not how it happens. It says, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like what's going on. I know God doesn't like this in me. And I have to work that out with him every day. That doesn't make you a failure Because here's the thing, the Holy Spirit's going to guide you through this. And see, God doesn't want your perfection. He wants your heart. That's through redemption. When you say, look, I'm going to give you all of me, you give all. That's the good, that's the bad, that's the daily, in and out. God, I, I failed today. He's like, that's okay, son. That's okay, daughter. I'm here with you. In verse 8 it says, which which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. See, when we come to God, he's going to make the mysteries of his will known to us. Where? Through prayer? And right here. It's all right here. Now, I could sit here and say, you need to be reading your Bible every day. That's all great, but I, can, you, can I tell you? The 85% of pastors don't read this daily. God still uses them. But what I will recommend, if you want to change your life, there's been a study done that, that says that if you read your Bible 10 to 15 minutes a day for four days a week, it will radically change your life. One day, nothing much. Two days, nothing much. Three days, okay, you're getting it. But four day, something about four days, and I don't know what it is. For me, totally, I don't know about this. Three is a biblical number. You hit that fourth, it's on you. All three, God is with you. Now he's going to show you what to do for yourself. I don't know anything about that, but that's just kind of something that, that I, I think about. So you've been chosen, and now you've received the bl- uh, blessing of being redeemed. This is the awesome part. We get to be sealed. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit in this. As I looked deeper, I found out what that meant to be sealed. Because, again, it's one of those things that just is ambiguous. It's like, what does that mean to be sealed? Like, how can I be sealed in the Holy Spirit? And you have to understand that the Bible has been written so that they can understand it then. We have to look at the context that the Bible is written so they know what is being talked about. And so we have to look at Paul's time. First, at that time... It says, seals were sometimes put on letters to guarantee that it was genuine and that it was written by who it claimed to be written. So when kings would send out these letters, they would seal them because it was an said it was authentic to who actually wrote the letter. You've been sealed because you have been authentically made in Christ's image, in God's image. Second, a seal also placed on goods or merchandise, traveling from one place to another to indicate who they belonged to and where they were going. It indicated ownership. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit because you are owned by God. You have decided, I am going to make him my Lord. He's going to put that seal on there. The third way was to show something was authentically approved. Sometimes when when we buy clothes, we put a little piece of paper on it. That, or there's a piece of paper in there that says been inspected by. Right? You've been inspected by the Lord. He put his seal right on it. A fourth type of seal was for protection or for warning. Sometimes when Jesus would put or I'm not sometimes, remember when Jesus was put in the tomb? Pilate put his seal on there. It was to protect the tomb and warn everybody stay out. That seal couldn't hold a candle to the seal that's been given to you. So we've been chosen. We have been redeemed. And we have now been sealed. See, the difference with the seal that comes with the Holy Spirit is that the seal is a covenant now between you and God, and it cannot be broken. This seal also means that we belong to him, and it includes his inheritance. Everything that God is, is now ours. Everything that he has, he's promised to us. Christ even said, it's better that I go. He needed to send the Holy Spirit to help seal us for that inheritance. We, we've inherited the kingdom. Now with that, it comes responsibility, of course. Tell a quick story. Recently, my Facebook account got totally hacked. And when I say hacked, I mean hacked. I was going two weeks back and forth with whoever it was, whatever country they were in, I was changing my password 30 seconds, they would change it. I would change it, they would 30 seconds later they would change it. To the point where Facebook asked for me to send them a video of myself turning my head like this so that it was actual video of myself to say that it was me. I get a reply back, them saying that's not you you have been locked out of your account. I'm like, well, how's it not me? You just asked for proof. I gave you proof. And so I was going back and forth, and I got, sure, I got mad. I mean, it's, it's my account. Like, I felt a little bit violated, right? But then the stuff started happening on my account. They started selling, selling puppies, which, by the way, if you see my account or your friend requests me, there's two of them. Okay, Look for the one with my wife and I. I'm okay with that. I'll be friends with whoever. But if you see the one with my family on it that I just showed you today, which is another reason why I showed you, because like, some people friend request, that's not it. They were selling puppies. Friends of mine got scammed out of money. So I said, report it, report it, report it. People got blocked out. Next thing you know, which we didn't know, we're now moving. I had people contacting me. When you're moving, I'll buy that quad from you. I'm like, well, the quad's going to be $500,000. How about that? Like, if somebody's going to give me money, let's give me money, you know? But you know what? I was upset at first. I mean, it took something that was mine, right? And I was, I was upset. You know what I was upset most about, though, in, in this whole ordeal? was that people I knew lost something. They lost something in this. But let me tell you, and this is why I started off with, sometimes we don't feel like we have a blessing. The Lord used this to bless us. And here's how. My wife and I have connected with more people by phone, phone call. I guess it's like this now. It's not like this. It's the old school, you know. <laughs> However old you are, I'm going to go like this. we FaceTime, texting, social. The Lord took social media and made it social for our family. We've reconnected with people and connected with more people through this event. And I just want to tell you that he's going to take your events that are happening in your life and when you rest and know that he has your eternal, you have his eternal blessings and you find joy in that, the other stuff, I I had a, I mean, I filed a police report and everything. Like, I'm like, I'm not letting this guy get away with anything. But apparently they can. They can. And there's nothing I can do about it. But he turned it around and said, look, I'm going to show you how the blessing in this. And so I just want to finish off with the fact that once you have all that, now it's on you to be a blessing. Because it's one thing for the Lord to come in and you get filled up on a Sunday or or, or a Wednesday, whatever you know, Bible study or you're in, that's great. You need that, but once you're filled up, it says in the Bible that your cup overflows, and when it overflows, that's when you get to be the blessing. So I have a couple of ideas for you. First of all, spread the word of God. Amen. Spread it. That doesn't mean you have to stand outside. I went to YSU. We had a, a guy, which back then, he might have been Assembly of God. I don't know. But he stood at the rock, and he's like, You are going, like, that's not what, like, don't beat people over the head with it, but don't be afraid to share the gospel. That's what it's here for. That's why you're here. You're, you're, you know, um, I heard that's BGMC Sunday. We talked about missionary here. BGMC has a thing where it says, pray, give, and go. You can pray, you can give, but you need to go. You need to tell about it. You also need to share your faith. And I'm going to tell you there's a difference between sharing the word of God and sharing your faith. Sharing the word of God, somebody wants to talk to me. Sharing your word of God is knowing what you know. Sharing your faith is saying, look, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I know it's going to work out. I don't know how this whole Facebook thing is going to work out, but I know it's going to work out. I have faith that the Lord is going to work my situation out for his good. You can walk through that. Again, that's joy, which leads me to the other. Once you have joy, you can spread it because you have the faith and you have the word of God on your side, now you can walk in it. There are going to be times where people go, I have no clue how you got through that. I have no clue. How are you happy? Why is this so good for you? Well, I don't know, I have the Lord. Like It's not great, I don't appreciate it, but you know, the Lord's got this. That's joy. Then you get to be an example. Be an example for your children, your grandchildren, your neighbor. Be the example. Be the example on the road, those who like road rage. If you're driving behind me, I'm sorry, I drive the speed limit. Just the way I am. So if you're behind me, be an example. <laughs> that's all I can say. But be an example. Be a good example. Be an example that Christ has given you. Share your blessings. And that's a different ways. Some of you are blessed monetarily. And that's how you can share. Some of you are blessed by knowing the scripture really well. Some of you are blessed with hospitality. We came in here and it <laughs> one thing I can say is there's hospitality in this place. You want to, get, so you share in the hospitality. I know my wife and I, had a, a church a while back, we didn't have a whole lot of money, but you know what we did have? We knew how to cook and we knew how to greet people. So we're like, look, if we can't give that, we're definitely going to give this. Share what God has given you to be a blessing to someone else. And lastly, pray for others. Pray for others. Don't be afraid. When somebody says, when you say to somebody, how are you doing? not doing too good. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> that just made them feel real good. <laughs> a lot of times we want to say, oh, I've been through that myself. We want to, work, we want to empathize with them. But don't be afraid to say, especially if you know them, Come on, they're right there. God, like, gave it to you on a silver platter. Don't just say, I'll pray for you. Definitely do that. If the verdicts were here, I would say, let's gather around, let's pray for them right now. Let's not wait to pray. Don't wait for those opportunities. God gives them to you every day. You just have to look for them and know that they're there. And when you're doing that, it cycles back up to the beginning. You're spreading your faith. You're spreading the word of God because you're praying in the word of God. You're spreading joy because you've just given them joy. You're now showing them as an example. You're now sharing something God has given you as a blessing. And that cycle just keeps happening over and over. And the more you do that, the more addicting it gets. That's how you get closer to God. That's how you get your blessings from God and know your blessings. You have them, you're blessed. Now it's time we start walking in those blessings. As, a, as we end, I don't want to just be up here preaching the, the talk, saying the talk. I want to live and walk the walk. And so at this time, I know that there's some people that are going through some things. I know there's some people that that just need that little extra encouragement or prayer. And so if there are any pastors or anything that would like to come up or any that, anybody that... That, that may be leaders who'd like to come up. But my wife and I would like to pray for you. Right here, right now. So I don't know if we have any music, soft music we can play in the background. i totally throwing this on them right now. They're like, oh, scramble, I don't know what we got. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. So before I do that, I just want to pray in general. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message today. Lord, I know you've convicted me to be better and to know that your blessings need to be shared. But I thank you for those blessings. Thank you for the words of Paul and, and and that he shared them with his church that we now, right here today in Rogers, can feel that message and understand that that it's meant just for us as much as it was for that church back then. Let us be the example in Christ that you have shown us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I encourage you, if you have anything you would like prayed for, please come forward. So if you could lift your hands as we we begin to pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for Pastor Ken. Lord, we know that you can heal him now. And Lord, we ask that you do that in Jesus' name. Lord, in this upcoming week, it's going to be an uphill battle, but we know that with everything that he has going on, that it doesn't matter because you are the king on the throne, that you can come in at any moment and wipe that out. Lord, we know his heart is with you, and so we ask right now that you be with him as well. Heavenly Father, we just ask for him and Jane and that whole family that that you can come sweeping through that house and and bring healing and and joy back into that home that, that next week that they may be able to be here with their family. Lord, we ask that, that no one be sick. We ask that no one in this house, that, that whoever is, is feeling ill and, and may have something going on, that we ask for healing prayers over them as well because we want the church to be whole. So in Jesus' name, I pray that, that everything in one week will be completely different when we come back here next week. In Jesus' name, I ask that you heal and that you provide. Amen. Amen.